Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Full Court Press with Fanta and Adams is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media. Full Court Press has the latest news and opinions from men's and women's college basketball. Our hosts are John Fanta, who calls games all around the country for Fox Sports and others, and Kim Adams, an analyst for Fox and ESPN, and a former D1 baller who never saw a three-point opportunity she didn't like. If you don't believe me, check her Twitter page. Take it away, guys. It's Full Court Press with Fanta and Adams on this Monday, July 20th, 2020. For those wondering, my co-host, Kim Adams, she will certainly be back with us soon enough. Kim is hard at work on some different things this summer, but uh, you could definitely stay tuned for her down the road. But I'm John Fanta coming to you from the west side of Cleveland, and this week's guest is Seton Hall head coach Kevin Willard. Now, what Willard's done at Seton Hall, pretty special. Five straight 20-plus win seasons. He was in the news, though, and this story's gone national over the weekend, and that is his proposal to not forego playing college basketball in November and December. We've heard of that January 1st proposed date, but Zach Braziller of the New York Post got Willard for an exclusive over the weekend, and Willard says that he believes that college basketball would be missing a window in November and December if games were not played. Willard said, quote, every school has said after Thanksgiving there will be no one on campus. So why would we not take advantage of having no one on campus? It's almost like being in a bubble and being able to have almost no interaction with any of the students. It's probably the safest time to play. He then goes on to say, sitting back and waiting for flu season, we we know that when kids come back in January, February, that's when the flu can rule. He says, quote, sitting back and waiting for flu season and waiting for kids to come back on campus is idiotic, end quote. So Willard is certainly transparent on his beliefs. He wants to see college basketball get played as soon as possible. Of of course, any coach does, but the thought in mind from some coaches, like Rick Pitino, Willard's former boss, Willard was an assistant under Pitino, uh, like Jay Wright at Villanova, who's brought up that January 1st might be the most likely solution. The thought in mind from Willard is, the opposite, that you could take advantage of the time window. We had the Seton Hall head coach on earlier this week, talked about that and what his players are actually thinking about playing during a pandemic. He will enter his 11th year at Seton Hall as the head coach of the Pirates, who would have been on their way to a fifth straight NCAA tournament. That would have been the first time in program history that Seton Hall basketball has achieved that feat. With the way the season ended with COVID-19, now the Pirates will look to do that in 2020-21. And we're joined by the head coach of the Hall, Kevin Willard, now. And Kevin, 
We speak to you here on this Monday, July 20th, the first day that you were allowed to be back with your players again with workouts. What was it like getting back with your team today? Oh, Johnny, I, I'll be honest with you, it was great. Um, you know, it, it was, I think it, it was really great for them mentally. Um, it really gave them a sense of normalcy. Um, it just gave, you know, it was amazing, you know, just to, to see their body language, to see the smiles, to see uh, their energy come back. Um, you know, so for me, uh, and the way I've, I've been looking at this, uh, for this workout for you know the rest of July and August is really for them is really for a mental health standpoint it just I could just see it in the first two minutes we started doing drills so we, for me I, I've had the biggest smile on my face all day it's just so great to be back with them on the court not seeing them on a zoom call um, you know it, it was it was fantastic Throughout all this adversity with the, the long layoff coach and, and you talk about that mental health aspect of not being able to see your guys, what have you learned about your players during these times? Well, I've, I've always known how resilient they are. Um, they're a great group of young men. Um, but I think, you know, just, just, you know, how tough and resilient and focused they were during this whole time, you know, um, there was a lot of phone calls and Zoom calls and text and just, you know, there was, there was a lot of up and downs and there's still up and downs. Um, but I think, you know, all of them as a group, um, I was just so impressed how they all stayed connected, um, how they all uh, were there for each other, for me. Um, not only was I there for them, but they were there for me when I was, you know, having some down times. So uh, I just think, you know, what a great group they are, how resilient they are uh, and how close they are. Did anybody come back with a transformed body or a new haircut or something special, unique? <laughs> no, I mean, to be honest, you know, you know, just about, you know, all of them did a pretty good job the best they can to getting into gyms and doing push-ups and the best they can. But, you know, we had a lot of guys that didn't have the opportunity, couldn't get into a gym. Um, so a lot of them are detrained, and that's, you know, something that we're really watching. We're, we're kind of going into workouts very slowly. Um, making sure that we don't overwork them, we don't overtrain them, kind of, you know, almost starting from scratch to kind of build up their, their cardiovascular, to build up their basketball and make sure that we're doing it in the right way because, you know, March 10th is a long, long way away. Seton Hall head coach Kevin Willard is our guest. And Kevin, it was the news in college basketball over the weekend that generated a lot of buzz. You talking about the potential of utilizing the window where campuses are shut down to students and maximizing that time to try to get college basketball games in after Thanksgiving and into December, rather than your players going back home, using that time to get games in. How has this proposal been received by the Big East? Oh, geez, I don't know, Johnny. Um, I had a good weekend. My, my kid had a baseball tournament this weekend, so I really didn't have my phone on unless it was one of my players. Um, so I don't know really how it was perceived. I just, you know, when I was talking to Zach and we were talking about, um, you know, ideas for the season, um, I think the the great thing about the Big East is we have great leadership. Val um, Ackerman and Stu Jackson, are, I think, are two of the sharpest minds and in college sports, and I think they're being very proactive in not just, you know, my idea, but a uh, hundred ideas, you know, playing regular, playing, you know, modified. Um, I think the great thing about basketball is that we have some time where 
um, we could see what's going on. You know, are, are we going to get uh, new testing, you know, rapid response tests that could be a game changer for everybody? Are we going to get, uh, you know, is there going to be something different? So, um, you know, I think there's a lot of options on the table. Um, and I think, you know, the great thing about the Big East, uh, we, have, we have some great leadership. And I think, you know, right now more than anything, uh, my idea was try to get conversation about, you know, um, you know, I, I'd heard a lot about January 1st or spring, and it just didn't make sense to me concerning the fact that, you know, we do have a lot of time. We always have a lot of time in basketball um, when we're on campus by ourselves. And it always seems to be the one time that my guys don't get sick. Um, you know, they, they have a chance uh, to kind of just isolate. So, uh, I think we're in good hands, and I just think, you know, we just need to be a little bit more proactive and not reactive. Do you think that conference only is the route here? Uh, I, do, I do think that uh, there has to be some uniformity in, in the way you are protecting and testing for your players. Uh, I think that is kind of what I was at. Um, Zach and I were talking about um, not not – not having a non-conference, but making sure that um, there's uniformity. You can't go play somebody um, that's not doing the strict protocols that we are doing. Um, it's not it's not safe for your players. It's not safe for your staff. Or and most importantly, it's not safe safe for your university. You know, if you go travel someplace and then you come back and you know you don't know what they've been doing, um, you've now introduced you know a, a whole set set of different standards. So. I think the biggest thing, no matter who you play, is that you have to have the same uh, same set of standards of safety for your players. For our listeners, that's Zach Braziller from the New York Post. Uh, you can read his piece, nypost.com. He covers all of Metropolitan Hoops. And, uh, Kevin, I know that you're an avid page six New York Post reader, but uh, that, that – <laughs> that story in in sports was the was i think it trumped page six just for the weekend <laughs> well i mean i you know i think that i think the most important thing that that i wanted to do um i wanted people start to you know uh like i said there's a there's a billion more smart people than me uh in this country and i just wanted i i think we need to get the conversation started about college basketball um, i know everyone's worried about college football rightfully so um, it's around the corner, um, but I think we need to start being proactive in, in how we're looking at our season, how we're looking to protect our players, how we're going to do things. And uh, so when we are having the conversation, I think it's very important that we are proactive uh, in how we do things. Let's spin off that because particularly at Seton Hall, that's a basketball first school and a basketball first conference in the Big East. And as you enter your 11th season at the helm with the Pirates, what is the continual value that you see having the sport that is the priority on your campus? Well, you know, again, John, you know, this is, I think it's, you know, obviously no one talks about anything else besides, you know, COVID-19 and for, for, uh, for good reason, but, you know, you know, mentally, physically, um, this is what my guys want to do. Um, they want to play basketball. Um, this has been what they've worked for uh, since they were very young. And, you know, the uncertainty, I think, has been very, very damaging to a lot of people uh, mentally and physically. And for I think the main thing for us as a university and as a program is, uh, and I think we've made gr gr unbelievable steps, especially Tony Testa, our trainer, 
our team doctors, um, you know, we've really focused during this last three months on the mental health of our players. And um, I think, you know, we really need to start looking at, you know, what is uh, the best thing for our young men and uh, mentally and physically, you know, it's playing basketball and finding a way to do it safely. And there, there are ways to do it. I mean, if there's, if you, if you go, there, there's ways to do it. I just think, you know, for, from a mental standpoint, um, that's what I'm really looking at. And I love the fact that Seton Hall is really being proactive and in, in making sure that our guys are healthy and safe, not just from COVID, but from everything else. I mean, there's so many other things out there that we have to worry about. And I, that's one reason why I love Seton Hall is that they're very active and, you know, in protecting, protecting my guys. Is that that whole idea, Coach? And correct me if I'm wrong, where if you can play basketball and there's ways to do it from what you're saying, what you don't want is the effects of COVID-19 or these side effects, which would be, you know, doom and gloom that you wouldn't play basketball, to be worse than the virus itself. Is that is it fair to say that, that that's the idea that you're trying to find solutions rather than create more problems? Yeah, yeah, Johnny. I mean, I, again, I think that's been part of the problem where we are right now as a country. Um, I just think, you know, at this point with the data we have, the stats that we have, uh, um, you know, to, you know, we should be game planning the heck out of this right now. Um, and that's kind of the way Tony Tess and I have done this from the start is, um, from late March, Tony and I have been constantly working on a game plan, um, going through the data, going through what works, going through um, everything on a daily basis to come up with a game plan um, to lead, you know, to lead in this. Um, so from our standpoint, you know, again, being aggressive, um, not just blindly, but being aggressive with a, it's almost like, you know, a war plan, you know, a game plan. You know, and that's what we do for a living. And so we look at stats, we, we look at what, what's going on, we look at how to safely protect our guys. Um, and, again, it's, it's just not from COVID, it's, it's from everything. And so, uh, like I said, I, I feel blessed to have such a great trainer in Tony Testa who is extremely smart. Um, but what we have decided to do is, is to game plan against us um, and try our best to win. Um, we might not, but at least we're being aggressive and coming up with an aggressive game plan uh, to try to, again, best safely play basketball and, again, uh, give our guys the best chance to do what they want to do. Tony Testa, the director of sports medicine at Seton Hall. He's been there since October 2009, and we're joined by Kevin Willard, the head coach of Seton Hall. And, Kevin, in terms of the biggest basketball storyline, let's, let's go to the world of college basketball you have a six foot eleven star that's capable of a big season if he comes back, but has a big decision to make in terms of what he could do going pro, and that's Sandro Mamukelashvili. What can you tell us about his upcoming decision? Yeah, John, it's, it's, we're doing the same thing we did with Miles last year. Um, you know, we're we're, go, we're going through the process. We're trying to get as much information. We're going to make an educated decision. Uh, at the end of the day. And Sandro is, uh, I think he's really matured through this process. I think this process has been great for him. Um, it's given him a lot of info about his game, about him personally. I think, you know, I've seen great growth from Sandro during this time. 
Uh, and, you know, when the time is, when he, you know, time is making an educated decision, he's going to make one and, you know, uh, he'll let everybody know what he's going to do when he makes that decision. The deadline being August 3rd. Do you think that that's enough time? Yeah. I mean, I, I think at this point, I mean, John, I mean, if you're an NBA guy and you don't know what you're doing then you know, you shouldn't have a job. Um, you know, usually the drafts, the drafts over by now and you're in summer league and you're playing and you're getting ready for free agency. So, uh, you know, at this point, it's, it's almost like, you know, you're just repeating, repeating stuff. Um, you know, if you can't, if you can't watch film and you don't know what's going on, you don't know who you want on your team as an NBA general manager, I think you got issues. So I think it's plenty of time. I'm glad the NCAA moved back, uh, the date. Uh, but I, you know, at this point, you know, you should know what you're doing. Here's the perhaps the biggest question in this process that it's tough for any coach or player to predict. But in your mind, how much does the season start date impact Sandro's decision? I don't think the season start date has anything to do with it. I mean, if you start a little bit later, uh, you know, it doesn't matter. But if we're not going to have a season, well, you know, I I wouldn't let him come back to school. Uh, I would just tell him to go. Um, So, I mean, I think there's – I think – Again, you'll have so much more information within uh, the next couple of weeks and so, something like that. So, I mean, even if, he, even if he decides to come back and then they say in September he's not going to – they're not going to have a season, I would tell him just just do your school online and go and, and go become a free agent because that's what it would become anyway. So, um, I think there's a lot of options here. We're not stuck on just the August 3rd date. Um, I don't think anybody is because the NBA is going to start so much later next year. Um, so again, I think that, I think it's going to be a fluid situation. It's just not a drop that date in my mind. Let's turn to Miles Powell, your NBA draft hopeful, your All-American. What do you tell an NBA GM who's asking, can what he did in college translate to the pros? You know, John, what, what, what I've been telling everybody is, you know, put him on your team because he's going to help you win games. Um, you know, he might not be, uh, the most sexy athlete. He might not, might not have a, a six, nine wingspan, he might not, but the dude's going to get your buckets and he's going to help you win games. And at the end of the day, um, everyone in sports needs to win games. You know, if you don't win games, you know, you, you get fired. So, um, I think that's one reason why you see so many people get fired in sports is because they, they fall in love with analytics or they fall in love with a guy's wingspan or a guy can jump, um, Basketball is not about, you know, we don't play track and field. You know, um, the one thing I love about this sport is, you know, it, you need guys to put the ball in the bucket. And Miles Powell does that better than anyone I've seen in a long, long time. Um, and if you put him out there with some really, really great players, he can help space the floor. Um, you know, he can he can play defense. Um, he can do the things that he, you know, he can do it good enough uh, that he's, he's going to help you win games. And, you know, it, it's funny. It, it, so many, so many people have asked me about, you know, what's his true height, and, what, and I'm like, what, what does it really matter if he's just putting the ball in the bucket? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's a bucket getter, and he's a great young man. He's been a great ambassador, ambassador at Seton Hall. Uh, you know, he's just all around, just a, he's got the all around package. So that's kind of what I've been talking to all the NBA guys about. Um, you know, I just don't get into the. I'm a little bit old school where I think analytics and all this other stuff is just blown way out of a portion. Um, to me, if a guy can help you win a game, that's the most important, important standard there is.
was it weird walking into the gym today and not seeing him? <laughs> no, because he's always complaining about <laughs> what type of food we have in the locker room. Or, uh, I've done this drill 300,000 times. Why do I have to do it again? Um, yeah, I mean, obviously it was weird not seeing all my seniors. You know, I miss Roe and Quincy and, uh, you know, everyone, you know, and MP. But, you know, I think that's that's one thing I, I, I really enjoy about college basketball. It's, you know, it's exciting to see Dominguez walk in the gym. Um, you know, you get to see your freshmen and uh, Bryce Aiken and, you know, new guys. Uh, so that was exciting. So from that standpoint, um, you know, you miss your old guys, but you really get excited when you see your new guys. Dominguez Stevens uh, being a three-star incoming freshman, him and Jahari Long uh, joining the Pirates this upcoming year. Let's stick with Bryce Aiken, coach. Coming over from Harvard, somebody that you have a great relationship with. You know, one thing that you've done with players, transfers, is always develop them, get them to grow into the next phase. What do you see in Bryce Aiken's game that you want to hone in on to have him take his game to an even bigger level heading into his final season? Well, I, th- I think the biggest thing with Bryce for us is, you know, first and foremost, get him get him healthy. You know, he's really battled the injury bug, unfortunately, um, for the last couple of years at Harvard. And, you know, for us, what we're what we really focused on with Bryce is, you know, rehab and getting him as strong um, physically and getting his body as as good as good as possible. And, you know, I give him tremendous credit. He is. Um, he's worked virtually with Tony. Um, he's been, since we've been back on campus, he's been able to work out. His body looks great. Um, I think for the biggest biggest thing for for me is just to give give uh, Bryce the platform um, to grow. You know, give him a big platform. Give him give him the opportunity to grow and, and put some guys around him that are going to help him uh, expand his game. You know, and he's going to. I think he's going to really like playing with our roster because. Uh, we have some guys that can shoot. We have some guys that can go one-on-one. We have some great big guys. So um, that's really the, the, our main focus right now with Bryce. Where's his health right now? Good standing? Or? Pretty good. I mean, I, I mean, he worked out today. Um, you know, with you know, he only did it. He didn't do it with the, the other guards, but he did it by himself. He looks good. He looks strong. Um, you know, he's he's got such a great positive attitude. Um, he's he's a terrific young man, and you know obviously he's smarter than everybody in the room. So it's it's exciting. I'm excited to to have him here and see see what he's capable. I'm curious here heading to 2020-21 because when you have a player as good as Miles Powell, a lot of what you do is featured around him. So for some players, their roles are just going to naturally increase. Not to not to pick one or two. I know that you probably have several candidates, but I, I'm curious here to fill in the blank. The potential unsung hero of this Seton Hall team that can rise up for the coming season is. Oh, I don't know. That that that's something for message boards, Johnny. Um, all I know, all all I know, is there, there's there's thirty shots coming down the pipeline. You know, from what Miles Quincy and Rowe took and. Uh, I, I I just think everyone's going to see a, a big growth from a lot of these guys. Um, you know, obviously, you know, I think Jared Roden and Tyree Samuels are going to have monster years. Um, I think Sanjo's going to be the best power forward in, in, in college basketball. I think Miles Kale moving over to the two guard spots going to give him more opportunities to make plays. Um, I think you're going to see some. I think you're going to see the same kind of growth Rowe had with Ike. Um, I love to call Mosin's toughness. I think, you know, 
Again, not a lot of people are talking about him, but he's got a toughness, um, like an Alpha Diallo type of guy who can post up, who can do some one-on-one stuff. Um, and then, you know, obviously, I think, you know, a guy like Shavar Reynolds is going to get a lot more minutes um, playing, you know, again, is going to change the way we look defensively. Um, so, I mean, again, I, I think all these guys are going to have a great opportunity. I think they're going to see more, obviously going to see a lot more shots, a lot more opportunities. And I think I think you're going to see a much more balanced attack. And I think, you know, what I love about the roster more than anything, is, you know, we can play so many different ways. We can go really big. Um, if I wanted to go, you know, Ike, Sandro, Jared, Tock, um, you know, that that's a huge lineup. Well, we can go small. Uh, so, you know, I, I really like the, the complexities of this lineup. Ike, Ike Obiago, the seven-footer. Talk to Kyle Molson, the Canisius transfer. And, Kevin, as we take a look at, at some rapid fire here before we wrap things up, uh, let's let's go down the, the line here. Life in the Big East, what's your one-word description for coaching in this league? Brutality. Wow, that's it's that's br- it's brutal, Johnny. It's it's brutal. I mean, it it's. Um, I think we have as you know in the conference, um, as balance of coaching as there is. There, there's really never a night where you go in and be like, you know, we really don't have to prepare for this guy. You know, he runs cross ring down screen. You know, where they just run all this. Um, I think the coaching in this conference is elite. Um, you know, and I think the great thing about the Big East is that you always are playing against a veteran season team, um, you know, which uh, means guys know how to play the game. They know the roles. They know defensively what they're doing. Um, it's just, you know, there, there's never a night off in this league, and it's, it's just brutal. Okay, this is the I mean, question. It's, fu- it's fun from a player standpoint, but you, you asked about a coaching standpoint. So I asked about uh, coaching. It's fun to cover. Yeah, coaching. There's some great cities in this league. It's a fun league to cover. I mean, I, I, I agree. I mean, this is, you know, I, there's some really good beer gardens, you know, Italian restaurants. We got it all. I mean, we covered, it's, you know, it's all major cities, which I really love. I mean, Omaha's got great steakhouses, you know, Providence with the Italian, New York City. I mean, just you go right down the list. I mean, it's uh, every major city, you know, it, which is really great. The travel's great. The hotels are great. Um, I think we have great fan bases. So, I mean, it, it's it's a unique experience playing in this conference. It's, it's phenomenal. Speaking of fan bases, this is a question that fans will appreciate, and I'm curious to hear your thoughts. How would you define the state of the Garden State rivalry between Seton Hall and Rutgers? Oh, I, th- I, think, it's, I think it's fantastic. Um, you know, I think the job Steve Peichel is doing at Rutgers, and, you know, obviously with their leadership with, with Pat Hobbs, um, I think they have, they've really, really done a great job of getting that program back um, to where, um, where it should be, to be honest with you, as being a state school in this, in this, in this area. Um, and I think, you know, the success we've had over the last five or six years and to where they are trending as a program, uh, I just think it's, it's been phenomenal. Um, and I think, you know, it, it's, it's always a great and tough game and, and you know, it always has been. Uh, it was much different when we played each other twice in the conference. Um, that that was just that. Now that we're playing once a year, I just think it puts that much more emphasis on it. Uh, and I think it's a truly great rival game. You know, it's baseball opening week, and you talked about your son playing baseball. Are you still coaching 
<laughs> uh, no, I had to give that up, Johnny. Um, but, you know, I'm just <laughs> – I'm trying to get my 13 – my 12 players to listen to me. Um, I, I think I've given up on my two boys trying to listen to me on baseball. So, um, I like to sit out in the outfield. I put – I get a nice lounge chair. Um, I get my New York Post. I read the Post. When my kid comes up, I cheer for him. Um, you know, I, <laughs> I, I just I, – I, you know, these four months have been extremely difficult, but the one thing I've really enjoyed is – uh, having dinner every night with my family. So that's a, it's been a, that experience in itself has been, you know, has been unbelievable. Okay. Before I let you go, we had Mick Cronin on about a month and a half ago. And I asked you know, him, I, I know he didn't buy you dinner. Uh, no, because I mean, it, you know, Mick's one of my closest friends is one of the best coaches in college basketball, but don't ever expect him to pick up a tab for dinner. <laughs> So we asked him uh, who he would want to quarantine with in a house for two weeks. And I think he, um, he said, Rick Pitino, he said you, and I, I forget who his third was. I, I've got our producer, Mike, Mike, do you remember who his third was here? But as we're anyways, he said he would want you to be there. Cause it, it would, you know, one, it said it'd make him feel better about, about his head of hair. And he said <laughs> that you would probably keep him fit as well. But then he said that, uh, he he, kind of knocked you around a little bit. He 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 said that uh, you leave all your recruiting up to your assistants, and and so I just wanted to give you a chance to respond to the head coach of the UCLA Bruins. Oh, I just I just responded. I mean, I'd love to quarantine with Mick. I mean, we would we would smoke cigars and bet on horses all day long because that's all he does in his office. I, he Facetimed me the other day, and, and he had he had TVG going, he had cigars, and his staff was all sitting around. I said, boy, it's good to be a UCLA Bruin. Uh, you know, but no, Mick is <laughs> Mick is one of the best. Um, he he's done what, what he did at Cincinnati and the run he had at Cincinnati is is off the charts. Uh, I don't think it I don't think it could ever be done again. So um, one of the best, one of my very dear good friends, and I, he can rib me all he wants because I deserve it. Bob Huggins was the third guy that that he said he would quarantine with. So it would be you, <laughs> I would Patino love Huggins. I would love yeah. to quarantine with Huggs. <laughs> <laughs> who, who I can wouldn't imagine how much fun that is who wouldn't Kevin thanks for the time good luck here with workouts and hope you your program everybody stays safe and healthy Johnny boy you too my man it's always good to hear from you thanks again to Kevin Willard for taking the time this week and we talked about that rivalry between Seton Hall and Rutgers it has been a long time since both programs in fact it's a rarity that both programs are successful simultaneously. They were both on track to make the NCAA tournament. Rutgers was hovering around the bubble this past season. There is no doubt, provided that we've got college basketball, which I think we all we all believe in some way, shape, or form will have it, that Rutgers is a top 25 team heading into the upcoming season with Geo Baker and company leading the way. Seton Hall expects to be an NCAA tournament team for the Garden State for New Jersey College Hoops. The times are great, and they haven't been this good in quite some time. Rutgers hasn't been to the tournament since the early 90s. And Seton Hall, this recent run of success, is actually one of their greatest runs of success in the over 100-year history of the program. But that brings up the idea that's a Big East, Big Ten rivalry. If you have conference-only schedules in college basketball, think about this. Louisville, Kentucky. Cincinnati, Xavier. Georgetown, Syracuse, the Crossroads Classic in Indiana, which features the likes of 
Indiana, Purdue, Notre Dame, and Butler, those four schools get together. Even something like a Kansas, Missouri, even though it's it's not as great uh, in terms of the, the profile Missouri, still those types of interstate clashes, you know, those conference challenges, those things are going to be out of the question here for the upcoming college basketball season. And a college hoop season without a Louisville-Kentucky showdown just – it feels strange. It feels weird. But that's potentially what you're facing. Now, here's the positive note. Willard suggested that the conference-only schedule could be similar to the length of a regular schedule. So his suggestion was 26 games. Could we see Duke, North Carolina three times? I don't think anybody would be opposed to that. Who would be opposed to that? You know, as a league... You probably could set up your your conference schedule a little bit differently and create some more flair, especially for those TV deals, which God only knows television networks are going to want the very best. Uh, They feel like they're owed that because of the amount of sports that's been absent. I think that this ties along. I'll make a quick college football note. I think one thing that people need to consider about college sports in general is that your conference schedule that you're supposed to be playing right now, if you're a college football fan, if you're a college basketball fan, whatever, The schedule that you've had, don't take that too seriously right now. Because if you're a conference, you're probably going to try to regionalize things as much as humanly possible. So I think we could see this fall football schedules. We're primarily a college hoops schedule, but we could see a, a, a college hoops podcast, rather. We could see some college football schedules get maneuvered to make it safer and keep from a Michigan going all the way to Rutgers or to Maryland, trying to make those trips more manageable, trying to make things make more sense. We'll see if that happens, but it's just proof, folks. There's so much stuff that needs to get figured out. And I think no coach wants to admit this in college basketball, but at the end of the day, they're going to try to go as closely as they can off of college football. If college football works to some degree, it makes it more manageable for a November start date in college basketball. In my mind, if we don't have a college football season, I just don't see how you're playing college basketball in the first week of November. Maybe that'll change. Maybe the information will change. Maybe we'll be able to play some bubble games. Maybe conferences will bubble up and do their games that way, save travel dollars of having to make road trips to different cities, get a bunch of games in underneath the conference bubble. It's certainly a, It's a possibility. Some leagues may be thinking about it. I'm sure it's been brought up. And if the NBA has success, here's the thing. At the end of the day, these pro leagues have to have success for college sports to be played. Because if you're a university president, there's no chance you're signing off on your sports to get played if the NBA can't work. And that's why we're waiting with bated breath for the end of July. As we record here, 10 days away, a little bit more than a week away. Can't wait. Can't wait for the NBA. And we've got you covered here on Pure Hoops Media with several different shows that are going to be talking all sorts of things in the world of NBA basketball. Maybe we'll even do a a little showcase of some great former college players doing something in the bubble. Uh, We're always swirling ideas here around uh, on Full Court Press. Many more to come. We've had some fun guests here the last week with Tom Izzo, Kevin Willard, Bill Raftery, Chris Beard. It's been a lot of fun. You can check all those shows out as another episode of Full Court Press with Fantan Adams is in the books. 
Thanks again to Kevin Willard for spending time with us. Thanks also to our producer, Mike Lieber, as well as Bruce Bernstein for all of their help. Ben Wolfen ends the show. We always appreciate his contributions. You can check out our other Pure Hoops media shows, Catch and Shoot 2.0 with Aaron Berlin and Otto Strong. That drops each Wednesday. Each Thursday, Monica McNutt and King McClure drop by with buckets, boards, and blocks. Every Friday, it's the Pure Hoops podcast with B.J. Armstrong and Eric Newman. The Mike Wise Show drops each Monday. And we'll be back every Tuesday with Full Court Press. Check out our shows, download them, rate, review them. Most of all, enjoy them. And hope everybody continues to stay safe and healthy. Enjoy the basketball that is oh so close. We've got you covered. We'll see you next week on Full Court Press with Fanta Adams. Full Court Press with Fanta and Adams is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media.